Welcome back, everybody. It's a nice, beautiful Wednesday evening, and I say that because it is the holiday time. We got Christmas Eve tomorrow and Christmas on Friday for those who celebrate. Merry Christmas, happy holidays. Hopefully a joyful time of year, even though 2020 has been a little sideways. But that being said, we hope Cleveland Me has brought some happiness to you and some, uh, you know, a wrestling podcast that provides uh, truth, fact, and uh, opinion, very opinionated. So hope you enjoy what we've got so far. And Cleveland, before we get going, I know you're pumped about TLC. It's a, it's a perfect night to be talking. I feel like the hype's real tonight. I think it is. Um, TLC was phenomenal Sunday. I can't wait to dive into that. Basketball is back. NFL season is almost over. That means it's playoff time. We're really pumped tonight. Yeah, and you're smiling for now, but maybe not so much when we talk about them 0-1 Lakers. But we'll get there. We'll get there because they'll be very good. I got to get my uh, chance in while I can. Anyways, let's pop right into it with TLC. This is what we're going to do for the fans out there listening. This is how it's going to be. I'm going to ask Cleveland a question about each match that could lead to the future or about the match itself, and he's just going to give his answer, and then I'll briefly chime in after all right, Cleveland, question number one. <clears throat> Business is booming, and I know you love them, so that's why I'm starting with them. The question is, for how long? Um, man, if the storyline is correct, if the writers know what they're doing, this can go on for a while, actually. The Hurt Business, when it first formed, I was just like, all right, you know, this is something to keep Bobby Lashley and MVP busy. But once they had Sheldon Benjamin and Cedric Alexander, man, they have been taking off. And to win the tag team titles was just, it was a cherry on top. It was like, it was first of all, that was the phenomenal match. Let's talk about it. All four competitors brought their A game. Man, Sheldon Benjamin looked so young in the ring. I forgot how good Sheldon was in the ring because we only see him in these three to five minute matches. But it was a few times where you see flashbacks and showed in early 2000 when he was on Raw. Uh, he called Kofi Kingston in the middle of the boom drop for a powerbomb. Um, Kofi was falling off his shoulder, and he's out of my one arm and just, like, keeping him up there while Cedric performs a move. So, man, the, the Hurt Business is booming right now. Uh, Matt Riddler might take the title from Bobby Lashley, but that's all good as long as Bobby Lashley moves toward the bigger picture. And a couple points I want to bring out about that and to continue on the Hurt Business is, first off, uh, Shelton Benjamin actually gave a cool shout-out um, to the wrestler who passed away. I forget. I just, off the top of my head, I can't remember his name, but it was actually when he was saving his son in the uh, in the water. Ah, I'm missing. Dad uh, from Crime Time, I believe. Yes. Uh, that's awesome. You know I who I'm talking it. about. So he gave a cool tra- shout-out to him. Um, I'm glad the Hurt Business is booming right now because give kudos to a faction that I thought would be in second place to Retribution right now, which now I should be slapped in the face forever even thinking because, let's face it, uh, the Hurt, Hurt Business is doing big things. MVP, yes, he might not be able to wrestle anymore, although, shout out, he just won a jiu-jitsu match actually recently in real life, so he still can be athletic, but he's great on the mic. Uh, Bobby Lashley is a huge beast. They signed him. He used to do UFC. He's got he's got the USA Championship. He's just you know he's got that lock in of your neck and boom you're out and uh, he's just that powerful. Then you got two great 
active figures with Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander, and it, it's really kicking for them. Um, Cleveland, I guess, what do you want to see, I guess, from the the side of anything left even with retribution at this point? Is it something that it's just like since the Hurt business is so – good and the retribution looks so and that it should just fade out slowly or you think they got to try and revive this thing because uh otherwise it's just a total flop um i think you can revive it i think with the hurt business because i remember at one point we was talking about a possible survivor series match with the hurt business first versus retribution retribution sorry so with the boom with the hurt business taking off have like they've been in the past few months and the retribution been going down I think you could slowly phase some of the people out and then possibly, you know, a few months later reintroduce them as a different character. It's sad to say, cause I like Mustafa Ali. He had a great baby phase run a few years back. Uh, we haven't seen him on TV and now he's back on TV. He's a phenomenal wrestler, but I don't think his, I don't think him and retribution is gonna, I don't, I don't see the end goal for it. Um, I don't know if anybody saw, but on Twitter, they kind of was recruiting Randy Orton a little bit. Orton sent out a tweet, and then um, I believe it was T-Bar. That, yeah, that's another thing. They need to change their names, my gosh. T-Bar, it's, it's – I don't know. It's goofy. But I seen they went out and recruited. You know, they were trying to possibly recruit Randy Orton, and I heard they've been, like, you know, just, like, you know, tweeting the other wrestlers possibly to join it. So – Maybe that will work, but I think the best would be to slowly to phase them out and then let time, you know, let people forget and then reintroduce them back to the audience. And, yeah, see, the thing about them is that they were so hyped up at first into where they came. I, and, and right now in the ring, they're trying to recruit Ricochet, and nobody really knows how they feel about that. I guess it could hype them up a little bit, or maybe it could just he could fall with them. But either way, um, phasing out or trying to revive something's got to give because what what has been going on is just a win here a loss here uh, well I thought the whole point was them for to invade and uh, you know kind of pull off that type of thing and it's been more just about regular matches and it's like they're just regular wrestlers that are just like with weird names and masks now so yeah definitely need some room there because I think they're good characters I think they're good wrestlers actually but they're just I don't know. They're just doing them wrong. And maybe that's another blame on creative shame on them. If so, anyway, back to TLC got a little tangent there. We're going to hit it straight to that question. Number two. Hey, Charlotte and uh, Charlotte Flair's back. Uh, the queen, we needed her. We talked about it many times about missing certain women. Thank God. Right. Cleveland. Uh, my question on them is, you know, they're the tag, t- tag team champs, Oscar and Charlotte two of the best figures in the WWE for female wrestling. And, I'm asking, does it work for you? Do you like the way they brought this back? Do you think it should be with these championships, or do you you see this being short-lived and Charlotte moving on fast? Um, well, my gut tells me that it's one of those um, eventually Oscar and Charlotte will eventually feud how they do with these mixed tag teams. But if they actually put time and effort, like we mentioned, I hate to feel like I'm bashing the women's tag team division. I really don't. But I feel that it's it's on the same level as the Cruiserweight title and the 24-7 belt. Nobody really cares about it. So you put a title like that on arguably the best female wrestler in the world, Charlotte Flair, you give credibility back to the title. You know, um, you can build up teams. You know, we have the Riot Squad. I still don't understand why the Iconics broke up. 
just to put them in different tag teams. I'm so confused on that. But if they give it time and actually put real effort into it, Charlotte and Oscar, the two best female wrestlers on Raw right now, I'm not going to say over Sasha, you know, but they're two best female wrestlers on Raw at the moment. And with their credibility, they can build the women's tag team division up because it is WrestleMania season. And possibly we would like to see the women's tag team title, at least on a pre-show or the main card, at least be defended. So with these two women, they can actually build it up and then we can possibly see the riot squad take it or the Bella twins that we mentioned a few weeks ago. And, you know, that's a great point. Uh, hopefully towards the Rumble, towards WrestleMania, we start to get, you know, some of these great uh, female athletes back, not only females, but males as well. And they contribute. And I think you could see that on SmackDown. On, uh, actually, on Friday, they're going to be defending those championships. So at least they'll be active already early. And because, as you know, the women's uh, tag team belts can go to any, <clears throat> whether it be NXT, SmackDown, or Raw. So, you know, I, I think it will be kind of short-lived, though. I think, like you said, maybe for a few weeks, but then, boom, I could see probably at the Rumble. Oscar really hasn't defended the belt a whole ton lately. That she could be – her and Charlotte could be battling there. And then maybe you get a surprise is back, whether it be the Bella Twins in the Rumble, whether you get Becky Lynch back in the Rumble. You know, Trish Stratus could always show up at the Rumble. You know, you never know who starts up lead up. There's got to be 30 women. So there will be NXT. It will be fun. It will be creative. So I'm. It's, it seems like me and Cleveland are both thinking here, yeah, it's, you know, cool. They could help – build it but realistically bait and switch on this one and uh it's gonna end up being a rivalry between Asuka and Charlotte because Charlotte can only stay on the same level as somebody for so long being the queen anyways question number three we'll flip to the other side of the women's division before moving on to the two main event matches which were awesome in my opinion who's next for Sasha is it is it Carmella or real quick or is you know it's time to showcase somebody else, maybe. Uh, maybe they give Carmella one more chance at the Royal Rumble. I don't think that feud will last all the way into WrestleMania. Um, like we've been mentioning, I mean, we texted about it a little earlier. Um, Blanca Belair seems like when she gets out of her feud with Bailey, that maybe WWE finally gives her the push. I see that's the only real option. We don't need to see a Bailey and Sasha again for a while. So, Carmella at the Rumble, but maybe Blanca Belair at WrestleMania versus Sasha. And, you know, Bianca Belair is a name we're going to talk about a lot, A, because she deserves it, but B, she's the up-and-coming talent. Uh, you know, it, was supposed, it looked like it was supposed to be Peyton Royce when she became a single. Now she's back in weird tag teams. Maybe they'll go big with her again. Bianca's getting this Bailey feud, so you figure it that way. But I think Sasha and Carmella did a pretty good job. I mean, Carmella is trying to make herself like an old school diva kind of in a way. She knows she's hot. She wants to put it out there. Um, kind of giving it that old school wrestling feeling with the females used to be, uh, which is obviously a lot different today. But she p- pulled it off well. And, yeah, maybe she might not be deserving of a championship right now, which she will not win. I think Sasha's going to have a long streak. We both do. But uh, – if it goes there, I'm fine. If they bring up somebody new, I won't be mad about it. But I think I would let the Bianca kind of slowly play out with a, you know, let her get over Bailey once, maybe, you know, have them go one-on-one against each other, something like that. Just just some solid matches before she gets her run, maybe through Rumble. 
We're going to move on from that as I get a FaceTime from Myron Chapman, who has been on an episode before. I'm going to have to put that down a little bit before we move on here. Anyways, getting back to the show, as he could always be interesting. The two main events, boy, I don't even know which one to start with, but I'm going to start with The Fiend and Orton because I, I was just so pumped up by that match. Inferno match the first time in a while, actually. The last time was involved with Kane, I believe. And the MVP. Armageddon. Yeah, it's been a while, right? No, actually, it was Bray Wyatt and um, Kane. I think it was at SummerSlam a few years ago. Like, like in 2014. It was in one of the early teen years, but um, somewhere around that time period. And I think they just – that these two did phenomenal. Um, obviously – it wasn't a lot. They had to do a lot of editing in the match. Uh, they had to do the chair scene a couple of times. They, the, the dummy at first, they had to, I mean, they recreated that for, if you didn't pause it, it was hard to tell, even though Cleveland and I, I mean, with two, with four good eyes here, come on. I think a lot of people noticed it, especially us. Uh, my question to you is this, were you sold by the Inferno match? And do you think this hype will build up to WrestleMania? Um, I mean, on to uh, Royal Rumble, I'm sorry. Well, Inferno matches are, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of hard to how you approach that type of match because the goal of the match is to set someone on fire. And um, I think they did live up to it. Like we mentioned, you can see a lot that, that obviously wasn't Bray Wyatt in the ring anymore, even though. It did, like, amaze me a little bit. So, like, that was Bray Wyatt that got burned on the table. So, like, he clammed in the ring with, like, fire on him, which is still even crazy to do. Even if you have fireproof clothing on, the heat from fire is still very hot. So, like, just to set yourself on fire is crazy. Um, man, like I said, 2020 has been a crazy year. I've been watching wrestling since I was four years old. But in 2020, I've seen two of the craziest things I've ever seen watching wrestling. First took, took place on Impact a few months ago when someone got shot on live television during his wedding. That was the craziest thing ever. And now we see somebody being burned alive in the middle of a, what are, a dummy being burned alive. Either way, seeing something burn alive in the middle of the ring was the craziest way to end that pay-per-view. And I would rate the match at A. I think it was a very great storytelling. I think The Fiend will take some time off and Randy Orton possibly ventures into another feud with Edge because I think that was already the get-go. I think Edge is slowly coming back, and um, I think that was a match from WrestleMania. But I feel like this feud might take place after WrestleMania once Edge and Randy Orton is finished up. Okay, I see where you're going with that, and I could easily see that happening because obviously Edge is going to be back around Rumble, maybe come back in the Rumble like he did last year for his big comeback. And then uh, The Fiend, you know, could take some time off. But what I'm thinking, I think they do this quickly. I'm going to take the opposite approach on this one and say that, you know, yeah, they could possibly out, you know, wait a while, give real suspense there. But I'm thinking they slowly each week, because we do have five or five episodes of Raw, I believe, until the Royal Rumble. Each week, slowly, Wyatt starts to come out. Alexa Bliss came out on Monday Night Raw. Uh, you know, I already hinted at, you know, he's always here, blah, 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 type of thing. Um, so I think each week you're going to get, you know, some of the characters to show up, some storyline, and then 
the right before Rumble, Randy's going to see him, and that sets up a Royal Rumble final fight in that feud. Then Edge and Orton start to do their thing. Either way, sounds like a good plan. It involves three great wrestlers. Just depends on how they kind of do the timing of it here, in our opinion. Moving on, though, to the final match to talk about, Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens. Man, I mean, talk about the physicality. I seen, I saw a lot of good tweets by a lot of former wrestlers on that, just raving about it. Before I ask my question, uh, you want to put any thoughts on that match, Cleveland? Um, I think the match lived up to the hype. Um, like I mentioned last episode, Kevin Owens in that type of environment is very creative. He always brings his A game. Um, like I mentioned, we knew Jay, Us- Jimmy Uso was going to play a factor into it. I had thought at one point Jay Uso was going to make a return, but I feel like they're waiting for that one to happen. Um, Roman Reign basically toward the end where Kevin Owen grabs his leg and he just like looks at him, puts him through the table. It's like probably like one of the best parts of the match. Um, yeah, it lived up to the hype basically. It was a phenomenal match. And obviously two great wrestlers uh, been in the business a while now and know what they're doing. My question to you would be this then, you know, they're having a hell in a cell on, or actually a steel cage match on Friday on SmackDown for the Christmas episode, which I think will actually be pretty good. It'll be out in the background of somewhere where I'm in my house. I'm sure if I'm paying attention so much, who knows, might have to watch highlights, but is it smart to have this match or they should just move on from this feud? Um, I like it, especially it being on Christmas. It's a Christmas gift to the WWE Universe. And I don't think this feud will go too far into Royal Rumble. Maybe somebody else steps up and challenge Roman. But I don't have a problem with it. Like I mentioned, they put on a phenomenal match. Um, You can argue that Kevin Owens was in a handicap match because he constantly had to deal with Jey Uso the entire time. So the steel cage would keep both of them in. No one will really be able to uh, interfere in a match. And like I mentioned, it's a Christmas gift to the WWE Universe. And I love cage matches, too. Yeah, I mean, they'll put on a good show again. And you never know. You'll probably see an Uso maybe even at both at some point and uh, maybe get a surprise there. Maybe someone, who knows, anything could happen. I mean, they say it's a cage fight. Yeah, we've seen in many years the rules be broken before. So I think they'll put on a hell of a show and it will give the people what they want on Christmas night, whether they watch or with highlights, it's going to be a good night. Uh, try to watch if you can. I'm an idiot though. I said final match. I'm, I'm hoping somebody out there was listening being like, Oh my God, he forgot one. Yes, I did. Drew McIntyre and AJ Styles. Um, it was actually the first one on my notes and I started with number two from right off the bat. Um, I actually was just watching while I was working out earlier the Broken Skull session with Steve Austin and Drew McIntyre. And I have to mention really quick, just because it's, by the way, and if you haven't watched any, if you have WWE Network or even have YouTube, just go online and watch some highlights. You'll be sold right away on it, it, pretty impressive interviews he's done with Goldberg, Undertaker, Big Show, Kane. I mean, I could go on for days and days. He's done a lot. But anyways, getting back to Drew. You know, he was in Scotland. He had to travel 12 hours on a train for training sometimes because there was just not much wrestling going on out there. Where he came from, um, I know he had his failed moment where he got fired in 14, and he talks about that, but it made him a better man. And uh, I truly am a really big fan of Drew McIntyre. 
I, I wasn't as big on him when he was here with Shane McMahon. I, I knew he was a big guy, but I just didn't see the character development with the, you know, persona and the promos, but man, he's killing it. And uh, he's still our champion until further notice. Cleveland, my question to you is I'm, I kind of get a, I don't know, I get a little annoyed of AJ Styles to be honest with you sometimes. And I know that's the heel character for him to be annoying, but do you think it's simple, but do you think they should go on again for another one? I know AJ Styles is great. Don't get me wrong. He, he will be WWE champion again one day, I'm sure before he retires, but I don't know. We're getting close to rumble. Do you think somebody pops out of the woodwork or do you think they're going to, you know what, AJ Styles, he's, he's given his dues. He's had the belt. He deserves one more shot to try and win it because the Miz did interfere with that belt. They could make a triple threat. I don't know. What do you think? Um, I was actually thinking more of a triple threat at the Royal Rumble. Each J AJ Styles and the Miz both have a, valid argument for basically why they didn't win. If we meant we saw the Miz was up the ladder and AJ Styles bodyguard grabs him and throws him through the table. And AJ Styles argument, like you mentioned, the Miz cashed in and took away his opportunity to win the title. Um, I love AJ Styles. I think he's one of the great, I think he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. He's in his early forties and he still puts on phenomenal matches. He's one of the few wrestlers that you don't need to put a belt on him to make him feel relevant. He he does it just he speaks his moves speaks for himself. Um, a triple threat match with the Miz, Drew McIntyre, AJ Styles really wouldn't be a bad idea. It would actually be a great little little matchup. Um, I'm gonna do a little rant about Drew McIntyre because man, I thought he was gonna lose the title for a little bit, but if there is an MVP. For WWE in 2020, it is Drew McIntyre. What a perfect way in 2020 on top of the ladder holding the title belt. You mentioned Drew McIntyre was let go a few years ago. He was dubbed the chosen one by Vince McMahon himself, but he did not live up to expectations. He got released. He worked his tail off. He came back. He went through shitty storylines, let's be honest. All storylines he was part of was not great, but he grinded through that. And where is he at now? He's a two-time WWE champion. He's arguably the best wrestler on the roster. You can argue Roman and you can argue Drew. You can go either way with that. But I feel Roman was gone most of the year. Drew McIntyre was there the entire year. When there was fans and no fans, Drew McIntyre was right there. So shout out Drew McIntyre for having a hell of a year, 2020 MVP. And as we that uh, that was needed because we did talk about Drew so great uh, through COVID and everything. The three people we really actually talked about most was I remember always talking about during the hard times with the no fans was Drew McIntyre, Bailey, and Sasha. Those three characters especially stand out for the great things they did to keep the WWE moving forward and to have prominent storylines with them just being themselves so it was awesome to see and uh here we are with a, a phenomenal champion i mean like i said in 2014 he got fired he, he you know he bounced around a little bit and then he came back and better than ever and now here he is the two-time champion who took on seth rollins randy orton uh brock lesnar i mean he's been all up and down the card of people size and shape and now on to aj styles so do I think I want to see a singles match with AJ? Not really. I do agree. I would like to see the triple threat. Um, 
you know, Miz is kind of talking that shit right now of uh, John Morrison, you know, cashing it in really and not the Miz. I don't think they should give Miz the money in the bank back by any means. Um, so I think he's joking around there, but they should have a triple threat and just let him go at it and have Drew win again, make him even more prominent in the Royal Rumble. And then whoever wins that Rumble will most likely challenge him because as we believe, we think most likely, hopefully the Rock or then Goldberg are going to be fighting Roman Reigns. So to be determined for to who fights and the rumors for Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania, there's a lot swirling out there. So that pretty much covered TLC. I didn't really, you know, we did touch on the matches. We told you our opinion, but we wanted to, you know, talk about where we think it's going a little bit in the ahead, you know, what's going to be going on next. Because as we've been mentioning last week, the week before, it's Royal Rumble season. Nothing more exciting. Uh, it's right between football playoff and the Super Bowl. It's a perfect week to sit down with the boys, watch wrestling, and just and just watch the 10, 9, 8, one of the best pay-per-views of the year before we hit the road to WrestleMania. So don't want to blabber too much on that, but it's just, it's a good feeling. And Cleveland, I'm just going to throw it to you real quick. And, you know, we're going on to the rumble. We're going to be giving our predictions all the time. We brought up Bianca Belair. We've brought up other names in the past and ideas, but in the men's division, do you think it should be given to a young guy to try and prove himself, or do you think it's going to go to one of the old older guys that come back like Edge, Goldberg, or per se, even The Rock or somebody? Um, I feel, well, the last few years, the Royal Rumble have been unpredictable. Uh, we remember Shinsuke won it, and then Drew, no, Shinsuke, then it was Seth Rollins, and then it was Drew McIntyre. Two out of the three, you probably would have never expected to win a Royal Rumble, especially Shinsuke. I remember it was, came down to him and Roman, and he eliminated Roman, and the crowd went crazy. Um, the Royal Rumble is the best. The Royal Rumble and Money in the Bank are the two big opportunities to build up a young wrestler, a young star that doesn't get that much TV time or, you know, people forget about him. You win the Royal Rumble, it is a big deal. It doesn't if you lose at WrestleMania, yeah, that sucks. But the fact that you lasted 30 men and you won a main event slot at WrestleMania is still a achievement that a lot of wrestlers will never have. So to have that is a great thing for a young guy. Like we mentioned, there's a lot of young guys on the roster that are just floating around with no direction. So to see one of these young guys like I don't know, maybe Mustafa wins the Royal Rumble and then that will add credibility back to Retribution or, you know, Cedric or Bobby Lashley from the Hurt Business or something like that. Not Goldberg or Edge. Edge won it before. I don't care for Goldberg, like I mentioned. I, I'm not, I don't want to rant back what happened, but <laughs> and Goldberg anymore. Um the Rock, I don't see The Rock, especially with everything going on and The Rock's schedule is so busy. Maybe John Cena comes back. You know, maybe Cena just comes back and gets that, you know, record-tying 16th world title with Ric Flair. But I, I would go for a young guy. I think you need to, especially how Impact and AEW is using their young guys, it's time for WWE to start building up their stars for of tomorrow. I definitely agree with that. And ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk a lot about the Royal Rumble. So I just wanted to hit on it briefly, of course, but 
the young men do deserve to step up. I mean, Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, he mentioned the Hurt Business guys. He, you know, we brought up other examples. Um, Otis, he ain't going to win it again. But there, there's plenty of – there's just plenty of young talent. You could give it to a numerous amount of names. I mean, hey, maybe even Big E. Maybe it's his time to make his run. So, I mean, it'd be even credible if Sheamus or somebody else. You just – Give it to somebody, though, who's been been in the WWE and especially probably try to blossom the young flower and see if he can grow into a strong, you know, and make it all the way. So we're going to talk about Rumble each week as we get closer. Obviously, still some weeks out, but I uh, had to hit on it. You know, I, we just watched Raw on Monday. We're a couple days in now to it. AEW actually coming on shortly. I'll tune into that as my Chicago Bulls open up tonight. Pretty exciting night right there. We're pumped about that. But uh, getting back to it, Monday Night Raw, like usual, mixed bag. Um, of course, Randy Orton always makes a great uh, statement. I, you know, Alexa Bliss is an angel, so she just does so great in being kind of a freaky in her part. For how good looking she is, she could really make herself turn into the little devil, as we can see. Uh, from her talent in the ring. But uh, anything, I don't know if you were able to watch or watch highlights, but, you know, it ended with a six-man street fight, which was a little interesting. I thought if it's a street fight, you didn't have to do tag rules, so I thought everyone would just be fighting around. But it kind of turned into that with the Christmas gifts and stuff. It was a little nice touch on Monday Night Raw with the seasoned episode. But uh, anything you want to bring out from Monday Night Raw, Cleveland? Um... It was a mixed bag. You know, it wasn't it wasn't good and it wasn't bad. It was, you know, somewhat all over the place. The main event was like the main event continued the storyline. Um, I will say that Angel Gonzalez made a return. Actually, I'm actually a big fan of Garza. Gar- Angel Garza, actually. Angel Garza, yes. I'm actually a very big fan of him. He made a return around Royal Rumble season. That's also another young guy that Vince McMahon was very high on. He was injured, him and Andrada. I, I hope Andrada comes back soon. Also a huge fan of Andrada. So that's another young guy that could possibly win the Rumble. Vince likes him. He can wrestle. He has a nice finishing move. He's perfect on the microphone. That's a great guy. Um, let's see. What did you think about uh, in ter- from the, you know, the woman's side, obviously you have uh, M- Mandy and Dana Brooke as a tag team. They're kind of, you know, getting into it with Nia and uh, Shane are all pissed off that Charlotte and Asuka have it. Do you think the tag teams are becoming more formidable or do you th- do you still not like what you're seeing from that side of things? Uh, I think they're I think they're giving a trying, you know, uh, like I, I mentioned this in the past before. Dana Brooke tries her hardest every time she's out there. I would never knock her for her work. She tries every time. But. Still not believable. Um, like I said, they just it, there's no real like real tag team in the women's division. It just feel like people are just besides the riot squad. I'm sorry, besides the riot squad, there's just like everybody's just like mixing together, just putting teams together, and then they're just trying to make something happen. Well, like you uh, said with the iconics, it's kind of frustrating because those two are such a great tag team and. If you break them up to try singles, I'm cool with that. But you saw them both go back to tag team situations, and that could change soon again. But just a little confusing. If you didn't know what you were doing, you should keep them together 
until you fully decide if you want to make them go on their own, not put them in random pairings. So that's just one way uh, Monday or not even just Monday nights, but the creative has screwed things up a little bit in terms of that sense. What add on? Yeah, and you make actually a really good point because we have seen WWE do that in the past where they'll break a tag team up that either has really great success or still find their footing and they realize that, no offense, but some wrestlers are tag team wrestlers. You know what I mean? Like, they can't stand out on their own. It was a few years ago, I think it was 2002, when WWE first did the draft and they broke the Douglies up. They put Bubba Ray on Raw and Devon on SmackDown. Now... Bubba Ray was succeeding a little bit. He's in the hardcore division, the lower tier a little bit. He's winning the hardcore title a few times. But Devon was completely terrible because Devon was a tag team specialist. And eventually WWE realized how bad of a move that was, and they brought him back together. I think we're going to see this with Iconic. Peyton Royce possibly does have a future, but I think maybe they're rushing it just a little bit. And then we said Billy Kay was trying to team up with Oscar, but um, – she just seems like she's just lost ever since they separated the two when both of them realistically are tag or tag team specialists at this point in their career. And eventually a few years down the road, possibly Peyton Royce could win the title. But right now I think she should have stayed with Billy Kim. And honestly, I think at this point in time, they really should have probably just had him go on a log tank team run and kind of build them up that way because we've gotten a lot of random pairings. I think Nia and Shayna should be independent on their own, uh, either mashing each other or trying to get championships along the way instead of Asuka being in the background and not fighting as much or, you know, just getting these eh, opponents along the way. So even like a girl like Lacey Evans, use her talent. I was listening to an interview with her on Busted Open Radio. And man, you want to talk about coming from a tough background to where she is too. I give her a lot of credit. I would almost even change her storyline around and let her go more about her military thing than the, you know, the beautiful lady she is with the right hand that she has. So a lot of options. Peyton Royce could do it, obviously, if they want to give her the push. We bring up Bianca Belair a lot. We bring up, you know, Carmelo. They still got Bailey, Sasha, hopefully getting Becky back soon. Maybe Ronda, who knows? Before I move on to our last thoughts on a little bit of NBA and wrapping up here, I wanted to talk about a couple things. First off, shout out to TSPN Network. You can find us on Twitter at TSPN underscore, along with all their podcasts from the TimeSkew Network. Their fantasy affiliation, find them at TimeSkew Pod on Twitter. And also watch your shows Wednesdays at 7 Central YouTube. Just type in simply TimeSkew Time Fantasy during the fantasy season, of course. They will be a Saturday this week. And then, uh, yeah, check them out. So they got a lot of great content on YouTube as well. So getting back to wrestling, Cleveland, me, a part of the great affiliation we are. We're going to keep going here. In two weeks on Monday Night Raw, probably to boost ratings and to finish my ramble, but to let you in here, Cleveland. They're having a uh, Legends episode, actually. I think it's going to be pretty cool. A a short-term answer to a long-term problem, but... We won't get too much into that now. We'll get more into that as we go on with the ratings on Raw, being skeptical sometimes. But, uh, you know, we, I, I sent it to you today. I believe it was Hogan. Um, this is on January 4th, by the way, not this coming Monday, but the one after. Um, I'll pull it up here, but it was Hogan, Carlito, Ric Flair, Booker T, Mark, Mark Henry. Henry um, 
boogeyman there was i mean so many great legends uh do you like those type of episodes you're, you're just kind of like yeah it's all right but it's not really solving any issues that monday night raw has um it's i'm 50 50 uh sometimes it could lead to a possible storyline down the road or it could just you know be wwe appreciating their legends you know i was actually very surprised to see carlito's name on there Oh, it brought me back to early 2000s. Man, I used to hate Carlito when I was younger. He was this cocky heel. He used to spit people face. He was just this arrogant guy. But as I got older, man, I love Carlito looking back. I actually was watching a little bit of highlights of him earlier as soon as I saw his name was on the list. Um, my only problem sometimes when they bring legends back is that they'll have somebody come out there and all the legends are beat up on and then it'll just devalue that person's storyline or just a value, just um, just in general, making our, he's just a joke. Um, I think it was a revival a few years ago when DX and like Scott and Kevin Ashall came back and they beat up revival in the ring and it kind of like took them away from the title picture because people just see him as, oh, these goofies just got beat up by these old guys. So like I said, I like it if it's, if it's actually like, you know, really you know thought it out thought out and it's actually showing appreciation to the legends but if somebody's going to be sacrificed to make the legends look good then i don't i don't really care for it yeah i think it's always you know an episode to turn into see what happens it, it's kind of cool when you can make a you know they get short stints and scenes here and there and maybe one of the legends you know sticks out a little bit and then put somebody over, you never know what happens, or it's just, hey, it's one and done episode where we're going to have these guys on and just make some surprise scenes out of it. You never ever know what Vince McMahon, he's done both options before. That being said, that's January 4th again on Monday Night Raw, so tune into that. AEW is on right now, the Bulls are on right now. I'm excited for both. NXT's on right now, all three. I'm glad I have a three. I'm glad I'm at my parents' house with the three TV setup. Blessed to do that, although, you know gotta watch them all but you only got two eyes anyways lakers really quick cleveland one game really doesn't mean much in the nba i get it i know you take anything out of that game yesterday though versus la um not really i i feel that they were more it was ring night you know everybody just got their rings you know their mind really wasn't on the game it wasn't like the clippers just blew the lakers out there were a few times the Lakers cut the lead down to two or one. I just think the Clippers wanted it more. And like I said, as a LeBron fan, you know, I am a huge LeBron fan. Um, I, I was on Bleach Report and I was hearing all the Clipper fans talking crazy and it's, you know, just saying all this nonsense. But remember last year is the same result. Clippers beat the Lakers on opening night last year. But it all matters what happens in the playoffs. I'm shout out Paul George. You got me 52 fantasy points. Thank you, Paul George. But I don't care what you do in the regular season anymore. You're becoming James Harden where you put up these huge numbers in the regular season and then you shoot at the side of the backboard in the playoff. So like I don't I I don't I don't really know what to take from the one game. Like I said, I think the Lakers mindset wasn't just there. But either way, Lakers in five, regardless of who they play. 
And real quick, the 52 points, it hurt me a little bit because just an update, me and Cleveland are playing each other in fantasy hoops. For those who like the NBA out there, it's a good time. I have Durant. I liked what I saw out of him. I'm a Bulls fan. I'm, I can't wait to get down and see what they got tonight. I know it's been a long, rough road, but I like Billy Donovan and I like the new upper management with AK. So hopefully things change there. Uh, Cleveland, before we get out of here tonight and get, get out, what's a final thought? Uh, obviously, of course, as you always do, shout out to the fans, but any, anything at all, anything, anything you got for the show? Um, none really. I just want to wish everybody a happy holidays. Be safe. Um, Check out SmackDown tonight. I think the cage match will be phenomenal. Like Joe mentioned, if you have WWE Network, um, last few days I've been just watching Royal Rumble. I've been watching it from the very first one, I believe, was 1988. So far I'm on 2002, I believe. So if you got free time, check that out. You can see how much the Royal Rumble has changed and how when it first started off, it was more original. It was more surprising and um, – yeah, it was built, great story building. Um, like Joe mentioned, I would shout out my shout out all the fans that listen to us, all our Twitter followers. We appreciate you so much. Like I mentioned, happy holidays and happy New Year's. And and we're gonna be back, folks. We're both busy, so we know we're trying to keep it to Tuesday nights. We had to do Wednesday due to us being on opposite work schedules. Next week might be a little bit the same, but we're not gonna miss a week. We haven't yet, so we have no reason to. We appreciate it. We love you guys. As he said, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, New Year. It's an exciting time of year to be with your loved ones and do what you can as we hope to be, you know, getting through COVID pandemic with the vaccine being on its way and hopefully booming just like the hurt business because that would be a great thing, not like retribution. That being said, he's Cleveland. I'm Joe. That's Cleveland me. And we thank you so, so much. Happy holidays, our prayers and go Bulls for me tonight.